This episode is brought to you by Bolt and Barrel Oil. Bolt and Barrel is a premium synthetic graphene-infused all-purpose lubricant that will outperform anything on the market. The graphene in Bolt and Barrel's formula creates a microscopic separation in between metal-on-metal contacts. Great for farms, bicycles, power tools, or anything that needs a high-performance lubricant. Bolt and Barrel is a veteran-owned company and available online at www.boltandbarreloil.com as well as select retailers around the country. Check them out on Instagram at Bolton Barrel Oil. Again, that's www.boltonbarreloil.com and use promo code scrolling for 10% off at checkout. This episode has also been brought to you by Cloverstone Digital Group. Cloverstone Digital Group has been in the business since 2003. They've helped everyone from a one-person business with a small budget like myself to national retailers with a $35 million budget. They're helping me with my business and they can help you too. You can find them on Instagram at Cloverstone Digital Group or www.cloverstonedigital.com. They're offering free consultations. Just let them know that Tom sent you. Again, that's www.cloverstonedigital.com or on Instagram at Cloverstone Digital Group. What's going on, everybody? What's happening? Welcome to another episode of Scrolling Through Life. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. This one is really, really special to me. Um, uh, as I sit down and I talk about my, my brother, um, you know, Aaron Golf, um, who we lost a couple of years ago. Um, this is a special episode for me because I've got Aaron's mother and brother on today um, just to kind of talk about everything that's going on, um, you know, with mental health and to talk about their perspective is what they saw the changes from the beginning all the way, um, you know, uh, till Aaron, um, took his life so um without further ado if i can have you guys introduce yourselves hi i'm laura irving i am aaron goff's mother and ed goff's mother i am ed goff and aaron was my little brother nice thank you guys for uh coming on i appreciate you guys taking the opportunity and like i said before this was uh really hard for me to even ask you guys um you know like i said in the emails and as we talked before i you know as I sit back and I think about Aaron, um, you know, in the conversations we had just beforehand, you know, I always, I always think to myself, why was I missing something? Did I miss something in that conversation? But I was in a dark place at my, with myself at that time anyways. So I think I was blinded to maybe even listening to him because I was, you know, in such a, in, in such a dark place myself. But um, if you guys could, you know, let's go back to the beginning. Um, let's talk about, you know, kind of Aaron, you know, when he was a child, what was he like? Oh, Aaron was one of those kids that everybody liked and he was just a fun guy. And he had one friend that was his best friend. And that was started from when they were like five years old and constantly together. And he'd do anything for it. Like they would do anything for each other and, and for other people too. They were just really good people. And Aaron was, you know, he wasn't good in school, but he was okay. Right, right. And I think it was just because he did what he could do to get away with it, you know. Right, like the rest but, of us uh, did. <laughs> <laughs> and he loved uh, track, right. football, wrestling, and he did very well in all three, actually. Really? And he almost beat the school's record on um, one of the races he was doing. If they had had somebody recording it, they could have had the 
had it for him that time, but that's okay. He still knew he wanted so. Right. Yeah. That's one of the things I definitely remember about uh, golf too. I remember um, when I first got to the squad that he was at, um, when I moved over from Weapon Squad, um, you know, and I was a runner myself, so that kind of that kind of was not good for the younger guys because you know, say so me and Aaron together as team leaders <laughs> and pretty good runners at that. You know what I mean? Uh, he he always made it look very easy. I always had to try to catch up to him. In fact, so yeah, it was kind of interesting. Was he was he always into? Or I'm sorry, Ed. Um, you know, tell me a little bit from like from like your perspective as far as like when he was younger. Yeah, I mean, he was. Like mom said, he was always, you know, the happy kid and tried to make everybody laugh and keep the peace, kind of. People were arguing, he'd come in and throw some jokes around and try to split it up and get people to quit arguing. And right. His, his best friend, you know, him and I are still pretty good friends. And, you know, I, I haven't talked to him for a couple of years now. You know, we're both adults and right. working and all that stuff. But he came to my birthday party and... You know, we talked about Aaron and yep. <laughs> all the crazy crap we used to do when we were kids and <laughs> the trouble that we got into that our parents never found out about. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron get in trouble? Come on now. Come on. <laughs> some, of, um, some of those things you guys are talking about um, definitely have uh, um, did not change into his adulthood, I'll tell you that, because he was always always funny always finding something humorous in every situation you know what i mean um and always always kept it uh um light it w- it was always hard to see aaron get angry as a matter of fact was he was he hard to get um riled up as a kid or yeah i once it happened it was bad but right it, it took it took a lot to get him to that right point, right you know? right um, was he always keeping you on your toes, Miss Irving, or uh, you know, as far as oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, uh-huh. uh, one of the cute little things that you'll love. What he had done, he was sixteen, I believe, at the time. He wanted a snowboard for Christmas, right? And <laughs> and knows what's coming. <laughs> and him and his friend were playing around with the snowboard. They went up on the roof of the house. Oh gosh. Okay. And he snowboarded off the roof. Well, his friend held the clothesline back so he didn't get caught in it. <laughs> if I would have Safety known first. he had done that, I would have taken that snowboard away from him. Right, right. Oh <laughs> God. Really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that sounds like him. That sounds like something he would do, man. Um, so when did when did fishing become a part of his life because he was he was huge into fishing like that's one thing i know of him when he was uh um you know like when we get on savannah he was always talking about fishing and he just loved fishing also yeah we we fished from when we were young like i remember there was a, a place just outside of town where we grew up it's like maybe a mile and a half two miles outside of town and we would ride our bikes out there you know, two or three times a week, sometimes more. We talk mom into taking us out, and dropping us off. Right. We were always going out there. We when we go camping down along the river. I'm sure you heard about that. The family, the family campground. Yep. Yep. We we go down there and we'd set up a camp down along the river and nobody'd see us for like two days. <laughs> just gone. Yeah, we'd just go down, <laughs> sit there and fish. 
he and he fished constantly on his way home and to and from work. Yeah, he drove past a nice place to fish all the time. Times. <laughs> yeah, that was that was definitely uh, that was definitely one of the things that I definitely remember. Um, I'm also about him. Is like, he was always into fishing, man. Like always. I never had the opportunity to go with him uh, just because it wasn't my thing. But he was he was always trying to go or you know would you know like you said he would always find a spot to go to. In fact, you know what I mean. Like if, yeah, if always carry a pole with you. Yeah, you find a place. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. If there was a place for him to fish, he would he would find his way to get over there and do it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he was always outdoorsy that, you know what I'm saying? That's growing up in Iowa. That's what it sounds like. He was always outdoorsy. I'm saying good hearted kid. Um, when did he start, when did he start kind of thinking about, um, you know, the army in general, just like, was that a young age or was that, (laughs) okay, I hear, I I see a good story coming. (laughs) Played war all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We always had, you know, the toy guns and we'd take the old, the old wooden rifles that clicked, you know, we'd put modifications on it. Yeah. We'd put on top, like, (laughs) it didn't make it look like a sniper. Yeah. (laughs) We just, as long as I could remember, and like when we would go camping, you know, we would find, you know, a stick that looked like a gun. Yeah. <laughs> those those were the good old days. Kids do not play like that nowadays. Uh, you yeah. know what I mean? Those were the good and old then, days, man. When we got a little bit older, it advanced into paintball. And then <laughs> yes. So, oh, wow. Okay, so that was a while ago. So I didn't even know paintball had been around. Like, oh, so like, yes. yeah. So when I got to Ranger Battalions, when I really even knew about it. Yeah, it was, oh, it was I been it was, ten years before that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, see, I didn't know that. He went in is when we got into it. Really? <laughs> yeah. When we could afford to get the stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not a cheap, uh, uh, cheap sport or cheap. You know what I'm saying? Hobby to get into. That's 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 for sure. So man, all right. So, so like in high school, what was this? Like, what was the, the uh, decision maker for him? Was that kind of like whatever he was saying? Like, he was already looking forward to it anyway. Like, hey, after I graduate, I'm going. Or was that kind of like in the air? I don't think he really had decided yet what he was going to do then. Right. Um, but when he, uh, his junior year, he decided to take two weeks off of school while I was gone. Oh, okay. Nice. So, <laughs> nice. So he had to repeat his schooling. Nice. <laughs> And he went through the uh, local uh, community college and went ahead and got his diploma through them. Ah, and okay. So he and he got it done in like in January. And I asked him, I said, so what do you think you're gonna do? And he goes, I don't know. And then one day he just pops in and says, I'm gonna be a ranger. I'm like, what? Oh, okay. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> did, did you guys know what a ranger was at that time? Like, like at the time, no. No. <laughs> Very little. You know, we we hear about him, you know, like you hear about it on a movie or something. Yeah. Like that, but we never never really knew exactly what they were until he said that. And then we we got to figure out what he's going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and this was... This was pre 9-11, right? Cause, cause, yep. right? So like- in basic training then when it happened. Okay. He ended basic just before 9-11 happened, I think. Wow. Wow. Tell me, walk me through that, man. Th- walk me through um, what you guys were feeling and thinking at that time when he was in basic training. Like, you know, like, I mean, obviously you knew something big happened. You knew 
people were going yeah, to deploy well, it, I assume, right? I remember I was I was working at a farm just outside of town where mom lives, and I came home on lunch because I heard it all happen on the radio. All right. And I came home and went straight to mom's. I didn't even go back to my house first. I said, have you heard anything from Aaron yet? Do you know what's going on? And there was three of Aaron's ex-girlfriends from in town were at mom's house. Right. Everybody was kind of huddled around the TV and, you know, we were all balling, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, Aaron's going to be going to war. <laughs> we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. All that. But yeah, it was very emotional for me and I'm... I'm sure mom because she was dealing with everyone. <laughs> right. Right. What what was that like as a mother? Like, you know, at the, you know, watching that happen and then I'm very sure you you were not able to talk to Aaron either. Um because I'm pretty sure everything was shut down, especially where he was at. I'm pretty sure it was, you know, what I'm saying being in basic training, things were locked down at that time. As a right. mother, I mean, you had to felt helpless and, and and just, you know, like what was going on uh, at that time? I was just, I, I couldn't believe what was going on. And I'm like, I don't really, I mean, I wasn't understanding quite what happened, but yet, you know, I knew what happened, but not really, you know. Right. And it was almost like watching it in slow motion. Right, right. And then it's like, oh my God. And Aaron goes in and everything's all calm. And now all of a sudden he's going to be going to war. Yeah. Oh my God. What is, you know, and I'm petrified because I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, of course. And, you know, like that. And there's Ed, his his little brother. Yeah. He can't protect his little brother now. Yep. Now what happens? Yeah. And I know that was a lot on his mind, because, like that, he was always the big brother. There's almost five years yeah. between them, so you know there was a pretty good age gap, and it just made a whole big difference to me on it. But right. Yeah, I was just I didn't know what to think. I was just panicked more or less. I think. So was did he had he had just signed like like was he right in the middle of, of basic had he had just gone gone or like how far like I'm saying I want to say he was had just finished basic hadn't he I don't was, remember if it was right before um he went in in like April I mean not April August okay oh September so it was right he had been in for a little bit okay yes yeah, so he had just gotten there himself so he was he was still like. Yeah, he had just gotten there, really. Yeah, it wasn't very long into that. And then it was like that. I think he just started. And and then like that, they won't let him call out right away, you know. So it's like. Yeah, we had to wait ah. like a day, I think, before we heard anything from him. Right. <laughs> so then that panicked everybody. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. If, if, if you guys can walk me through, what was that conversation like when you guys did he call? I mean, did he call or were you guys like at the point where y'all were calling or, you know, like, hey, we need to talk to our son or. I think he had to call us. Yeah, he had to call us because they didn't let him have a phone at the time. Was it one of those? Hey, this is the message you're telling me to give. I got two minutes and I got to get off the phone type thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we, they haven't told us anything and we can't comment on anything and. You know, I'm sure you know what, exactly what that uh, I know was. exactly, yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much what it was. Is we don't know what's going to happen yet, and we have to wait and find out. What was, okay, so 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 walk me through this, because, you know, and I'm only saying what I'm about to say next, because I was in that shoes, and I, you know what I'm saying, I was there, but I'm, I'm, I'm obviously trying to get you guys' perspective. Um, you know, when 9-11 happened, and all of us that were serving, or even ones that were just, you know, um, um, just enlisted, or about to enlist, we wanted, um, 
you know, to get payback, right? Like, so we were amped up. We were, you know what I'm saying, excited to go because we were like, right. hey, you know what I'm saying, fuck that. Like, you're not gonna do this to our country. What was that conversation like with Aaron um, when you did talk to him? Was it kind of like, I'm ready to go do this? Was it like, holy shit? You know, what was that conversation like? He, to me, he seemed, you know, he, he could tell he was nervous, you know. Of course. He didn't let on and it was, he just kept telling me, I'm just going to absorb everything they're telling me. So, you know, I'm going to be a sponge. So, yep. And, you know, keep my head down and my ass lower. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like that. But yeah, he, he didn't, I'm, I'm not going to say excited, but he was anxious, I think. No, I'm, he I know what you're saying. What to expect, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, 100%. He was ready to learn everything. That was the one thing he kept telling me is I, I'm going to learn everything that I can All right. I know, you know, everything I need to know. You guys, um, spoke to him. I'm going to assume when he, well, yeah, you had to, when you went to graduation, right. Or, or was graduation cl uh, closed off at that time because everything was going on. Um, I got to go to his graduation. Okay. What was that like? Um, it was the first time I'd ever been to anything military like that. So I was just, in awe and all the things they were doing right and showing the things that they taught him and the one thing that i loved was when they went face first coming down off the tower the tower yeah the, the uh yep that was just awesome <laughs> i love that and you know like that, then they showed the guys jumping out of the uh helicopter out in the water yeah and, yeah and then over across the um on the island on the other side and I, I was just in on it all it was amazing at all the things that they did because i didn't realize everything all that they did do you yeah know? yeah so that kind of surprised me on that line <laughs> that's why i think that's why I think it's kind of interesting and kind of hear you guys perspective on it and kind of like from the other side because like you know um family they never know what what we really do even you know what i'm saying even if you even if we say hey you know it's like this like that like really you can't fathom it and you really don't understand the full scope of everything that that yeah. um that we're getting ready to do um so you guys saw him though right so like he graduated basic went to airborne went to uh, ra uh, uh rip at that time um and what was that like for him as so I guess I guess what I'm asking is like, did you guys start seeing any kind of changes at that time from when he you know was going to airborne school then to rip and then before before he even went to Ranger uh, Ranger Battalion itself, were you guys starting to see a little bit more you know different Aaron than you guys had seen from when he left? Um, yes and no. I don't remember. Um, I know he had to go. Um, he was deployed like that at the end of the year i think he went over christmas okay or right the first of the year so oh wow he went over yeah. before he was actually a ranger oh so, so he so he yeah he got sent right before i think he was supposed to go to i think that's he had right done jump school and stuff but he got sent right before they were in I, kuwait he came home for christmas and then he left like two days after christmas yeah yeah because he yeah. was home for Christmas because he got to come home for like four days or something. And then he, when he went back, he was shipping out. So he was hopping and popping um, yeah. from yeah, the time. He was, he was sent out before he even went to any of the ranger schooling or anything like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, 
Yeah, that's what I would assume. As soon as he graduated uh, uh, RIP, he got to battalion and deployed like immediately. Um, yeah. So, so I didn't go that same route as, as he did. I actually um, didn't know nothing about Ranger or about the Army at all. I didn't even know what Ranger was. Um, and I think I was just too skinny for the recruiter to even show me a video. So so, I, so that wasn't even in my scope. But the reason I bring that up, so like he went through, he went with a contract to go to Ranger Battalion, um, which is kind of interesting to see that because I went the other route. I went to uh, regular army and then, you know, the other way around. So yeah, yeah and, and and he went right. So he graduated, so he got to basic August and was already deployed by the end of that year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I forgot how fast they had yeah, been uh, deploying. <laughs> I totally forgot about that because in Ranger Battalion they uh, they went in the stage, and I remember and I remember golf. Um, Aaron telling me that um, you know, and just the older guys when I got to Ranger Battalion telling me those kind of things. Um, did you guys get, have an opportunity to speak with him before he deployed, or was it like, hey, I graduated rep now, but now, like, <laughs> yeah, like, now no, I'm gone? He, he was able to come home for Christmas. <laughs> Cause it was, I want to say like the day before Christmas, he got to come home and then it was two or three days after Christmas is when he had to head back. But he didn't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't, he, I assume he knew, but we didn't know that he was was leaving right away. Yeah. He says, they're going to send me over. So, um, I got to come home now so that you guys can see me. So (laughs) what was that like as a mother hearing that? Oh, I was petrified. Yeah. Because like that, I have no idea what's really going to be going on. Yeah. And I knew other people who had been in the military 10, 15 years before, but it really was more lax, in my opinion, from what it was when he was in. Right. I don't know if it was, but it seemed to me it was. Right. I mean, especially, you know, before 9-11, I mean, not much was really going on. Um, yeah. Um, besides Bosnia and all that stuff, but nothing, nothing to the scope of what was about to come, you know, after, after 9-11 at all. Um, you know, I would, I would, I'd probably go back and be confident to say that, you know, the last time we really, really, really were worried was Vietnam area, you know, uh, uh, era Korean. So like that has been a while and I, and I can only assume, um, the, the different, perspective that you probably had to what you thought was and then ran out was gone which again it was very new to everybody I mean you know even for me being in um it was it was it was a feeling of excitement right anxiety and and anxious like you were saying Ed you know what I mean but at the same time um I think for being young guys like we were we were ready to do our part for our nation and for our country and be those guys that stepped up and you know what I mean that actually took action so I I think that kind of had a part to do with Aaron joining when he did and being a ranger because after the fact I found out that our grandfather was an actual ranger in Korea Oh, really? And I didn't know that until Aaron, you know, had joined and came home and (laughs) him and my grandpa were sitting there swapping stories about parachuting and stuff like that. And I said, you did that? He said, well, yeah, I was a ranger in Korea, you know? Right. Well, no way, you know, but grandpa never talked about it. Yeah, that's... We knew he was in Korea and that was pretty much it. But then after Aaron come home, then they'd kind of sit and... I don't know, swap stories, I guess you'd say. Yeah. But that's when I learned pretty much everything I knew about my grandpa's service. So that was, I think that had a little more to do with it than we knew at the time. You right. know, Korea was, you know, you know, people lied about their age to go join into the army then, you know, and stuff like that. 
it was kind of a family tradition, I guess you'd say. Right. It was just in his blood. Yeah. Um. Did Did any of you guys remember if you guys had any kind of conversations with him before he deployed? Like that time when he was at home, kind of like maybe just on one on one, or you know, just kind of like, hey, how you feeling? What are you thinking? Or maybe like told him about how you felt. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty sure, Mr. Irving, you know, you probably sat down, you know, being a mother, you know, kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. <laughs> I just told him, you know, I said, I don't know what to expect. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm going to worry on you. I'm going to do it all the time. That's my job. Right. And he goes, I know, Mom, but I'm a big boy, and I got all my brothers that are going to take care of me. Yep. And I said, they better, or I'm going to come and take care of them. <laughs> you know, that was pretty funny. So. Exactly. <laughs> um, how long was that? F- I think that first one, they were only there for. Maybe just maybe a month and a half or so, right? Yeah, I think it was like six weeks or something. Six like weeks, that. yeah. Short. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I I just remember, you know, like I said, I wasn't there for that, but I, but I remember all the uh, older guys, um, you know, the senior rangers telling me that. What now? Now now, take me through that next step because that was his first appointment, but definitely was not his last. What what was um, he like when he came back from that? I mean, do you guys remember that like that time frame? I, he was real nervous. Yeah. <laughs> he could bounce his legs all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that was his nervous habit. He'd sit there and bounce his legs. and He was just he'd excited. He'd talking and he'd start wringing his hands and stuff. And, yeah, and pretty he was, soon he'd go, I got to go out. He had, he had to go outside for a while. Yeah. He was just getting too worked up and had to go outside and calm himself down a little bit. Was that a little more different? And, huh? It was very fidgety and stuff. Yeah. Like, you would, I mean, you didn't really notice it at the time, but then if you think back on it, like, yeah, that, you know, he was, he would get like that, you know, and then like she said, he'd go outside for a few minutes or, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, and then he'd come back in, crack a beer, and right. everything was fine again. But. Yeah. Was that a little different than the usual, Aaron? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was kind of bubbly and stuff before, but it was a different in a different way, I guess you'd say. Was he, he was more serious? <laughs> I, I, I was just gonna ask yeah. that next. So he was he he was becoming more serious, right? Yeah. Um. At 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 that time, um, you know, did you guys kind of start seeing maybe his like alcohol use uh, increase a little bit, or was it not really that of an issue at that time? <laughs> Considering he was only it, eighteen when he went in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't he know was if drinking then, a whole lot. But he didn't home. <laughs> we didn't let him go out wander around with beer at all. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. We let him drink at home, and yeah, he he would drink until he was passed out yeah. or throwing up one of the juice. So. Yep. <laughs> that's usually that's usually how it was back then. Um, you know what I mean? And I think that's just the and and sadly, so, so sadly, but that is just the military culture and that's just, you know what I mean? That's just how it's always been yeah. and that's just the way it is and it's sad that it's like that, but that's just, I mean, it is, but it is really. Um, but like, I asked that again also because, you know, um, my, like I remember my mom sat me down and talked to me about my, my alcohol use. You know, like you said, when I went in, I was 18 and I, you know, I was drinking like I had already been drinking for 15, 20 years by the time I was 20, you know what I mean? Um, and the army didn't make that any, you know, they didn't help out in that section at all. You know, <laughs> um, you know 
So yeah, that was yeah, just like, it was just kind of curious. I was telling everybody we were amateur drinkers, and then when Aaron got into the army, he became a professional at it. Yeah, <laughs> man. Because every time he would come home, we got to try these shots. We got we got this new drink we found out, or yeah, like some <laughs> drinking games or something like that. But you know, that's the thing. Um, you know, especially especially in a Ranger battalion. Um, you know, where we were deploying every six months. Right, it, 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 it was like clock, clockwork. And, you know, I think for a lot of us, and, and just to be real, you know, that was our job, but we knew that that deployment might be the last one. So like, you know, when we were back right. home, we were trying to drink the town dry. And then when we came back, we're trying to make up for the four months or three months <laughs> that we were gone. <laughs> so, um, and, and, you know, with, with every rotation, every deployment, every year that passes that, that uh, tolerance, you know, goes up and that, you, you know what I'm saying, that, that alcohol goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was his first deployment, um, and you guys were already starting to see a little bit of changes. Um, at that time, though, were you guys any, you know, like, especially for you as a mother, Mr. Irving, seeing him, was there anything at that time that you're kind of like, you know, maybe this is not my son, something, but, you know, just, let, you know, something kind of worrying you, but a, it's nothing big yet. And you just let it go. Was there anything like yeah, that at that time? It did. It did bother me. I mean, I could tell differences and yeah, and like that when he would normally be real happy go lucky, he was more just quiet. Right. And it's like, well, what happened to him? He's not the same guy anymore. Yeah. Which you know you expect that to happen too. Right. But, right. But like that, we don't know what he did. Right. We don't know what he was. You know, had to see and right. had to do. Right. And I know that was really you know one of the problems because of what he had to see and then done and you know he he couldn't tell anybody about it right but yet he wanted to because it's like he wanted to get it off his chest right he couldn't talk about it right so that was tough on him too yeah and that had to been very very tough on you as a mother you know kind of being closed off for the first time you know what i mean from your son yeah and not being able to help was now Ed, for you, was that a little different? Because, you know what I'm saying, obviously he might not have wanted to open up a little bit more to you, Mom, right? But at the same time, was he yeah, a little more open yeah. with you? Uh, I, I'd say a little bit, probably, just because he didn't want Mom to know some of the stuff. Yeah. I mean, he didn't go into, like, right. gory details or nothing like that. But He, he didn't want Mom to worry. Is yeah, really, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly. He didn't want Mom to know, you know, we did this kind of crazy shit. Right, right. <laughs> stuff like that, or some of this stuff happens. But, yeah, he tell me a few stories like some of the later deployments you know when they're they'd have the sirens going off and everybody's running around in their underwear yeah. holding <laughs> armor plates over their head trying to figure out what the hell's going on yeah yeah i don't know if mom ever heard any of those stories or not nope but, i never heard that <laughs> one <laughs> but yeah he, he was just gonna it would be you know like when we were fishing you know or drinking some beers or something like that you know he'd kinda, yeah well, yeah, that reminds me of this, you know. Yeah. Kind of tell me a little bit of a story, and then that was it. You know, we never, nothing was ever really said about it again. And like, I didn't know what to say about it, you know. Other than, well, I'm sure, I'm glad you made it out. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, nothing happened. Yeah. What can you say, really? Besides, you know, I'm just glad you're here, and 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 we're yeah. just talking about it. Period. I mean, what is there really much more to say? Um, it's very interesting you say that because I didn't realize. Um, you know, it. I didn't realize how closed off I had become 
in the beginning. Like also, so hearing you say that and, you know, just looking back and me knowing um, Aaron the way I know him, very bubbly and, you know, like that. And, but then hearing you guys say how he was as a child and all that, it's weird because I think when we are together, like for us Rangers and, you know, just, just the military guys, when we're together, I think we still are ourselves because we can let loose and we can talk about whatever and it's a little more different. Yeah, you guys have pretty much been through the same stuff, so you know exactly what to say and what not to say. I suppose would be a little more right. Because like I'm not gonna, you know, I wouldn't be making some jokes about bombs or some, you know, some, you know, I don't right. know, some inappropriate joke right. about somebody who's been through shit like that. But right. And then you know, but then you get those times when somebody says something, and then Aaron has one of the little smart-ass comments that makes everybody laugh about it. <laughs> like, whoa, did he just say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I actually just told the wife that today. Um, this morning I had uh, um, I said something yesterday in front of the mother-in-law, and it was a little it was a little off off putting, I would say. <laughs> and this morning, um, you know, it was still on my on my mind from yesterday and I was telling the wife um, this morning, I was like, yo, I was like, I need to start watching what I say and how I say it because like people don't take it the same way. You know, to me, it's something's funny or something is a little, you know, just the way I think. But it's it's very intriguing to, 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 to think about that right now because, and the reason I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of um, fixated on this right now is because like I said, when me, Aaron, or all of us are all together, you would not know that we're closed off. But once we leave that circle and we're back with family, we're back with yeah. civilians and we're very closed off. We don't want you in our bubble. We don't want you to know what was going, what's going on with us. And I think that's very important for people that are listening to, 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 um, you know, just kind of be aware of that because like, even though I'm bubbly and stuff with around my brothers, as soon as I get away from them or I'm on my own or I'm with family, I'm a very completely different person. Like I don't want to talk. I'm very reserved, very reserved. That's a, That's the best word I can say. Um, yeah. as deployments, as deployments increased for him, um, what was he like? You know, after maybe the third, fourth deployment was, I mean, obviously things were starting to probably, probably increase too, right? Like with his, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that's when the drinking really, really got heavy. And I, I have a drinking problem myself, so I know where he's coming from on that part of it. But fighting, you know, whatever else he had going on, yeah. plus the drinking and, you know, it's a stress reliever yeah. until it's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that's when I really noticed the the drinking and not so much the closed offness with with him and I and like our buddy right. that we you know grew up with since we were all kids. You know, him and me and my brother were best friends with Aaron's buddy and his brother. So right. Like they were our you know they were our other parents. We'd go hang out at their house and they'd come to our house. And, but yeah. It, Unless it was just us, like you said, the small little group of people. Yeah. Aaron was pretty closed off, you know, more than ever at that point. But then, you know, like when we'd start drinking a little bit, then everything would get a little bit looser and things yeah. like that. But then. What? Well, um, yes. Well, I noticed with myself, I, you know, I obviously was not seeing it at the time, but. Later on, I, I realized when I look back that I was a very angry person too. Like I was I was very short-tempered all the time. I was always, you know what I mean? Um, you did that occasionally. Yeah. You kids did it at different times. 
Yeah. I was like, God, why do you get all bent out of shape over that? You know? Right, right. Something, something just ticked him off and he was mad. So. <laughs> and it could be, and, and it could be anything, right? Like, like it could have yeah. been something so small that you're just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> like the guy yeah. in the convenience store looked at him wrong, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Something stupid like that, even. Yeah. I was like, what the hell is that about? <laughs> it it goes to show because, like, um, you know, and it goes to show because when we're together, you don't see none of that. Like, we're not short-tempered with each other. You know what I mean? We're not. Like, yeah. we laugh. We joke. And I and I think, you know, like you said, Ed, I think that's because we had gone, you know, all of us had been through so much together that it's like, right. that's all you have is just a good time and you just laugh just whenever you can. Yeah. But, and I say that again because I know Aaron, like, like you said, Ed, I've seen, I've seen Aaron, I've seen golf when, <laughs> if, if you get him mad, but I tell everybody that if you got golf pissed off, you really fucked up. Like you really did something. Like, yeah. he, like, like he's not an easy person to to upset. And like, yeah. So if you got him to that tolerance po- level, <laughs> yeah. So you know, like that's one thing I used to tell even like um um Ranger privates because he was not one of those guys that would just go around and just smoke you for no reason, you know. But, <laughs> but 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 if he was ever smoking somebody or he was just laying into him, I seriously am like, holy shit, dude. Like I walk away and be like, yo, what the fuck did you do? Like <laughs> like, <laughs> like 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 what'd you do, man? Because cause Aaron don't get pissed like that. Like Aaron doesn't get upset like that. So like, what the fuck did you just do to him? You know what I mean? Um, but you know, listening to that too, my friends and family, if if they hear my friends saying, well, I, you know, I mean, I do get angry, but you know, I'm more a lot more fun around my friends than I am. You know what I'm saying? On set, and I think the same thing. I think my I think my sister was very shocked to hear the type of person I was at work compared to the, you know what I'm saying? She thought I was, I was just this angry person who was shut off and just angry at the world. And I'm like, nah, man, like I'm happy. I like to smile, you know? <laughs> I like to laugh when I'm around my brothers, you know what I mean? And have a good time. Um, I wanna um, kinda talk a little bit about what was leading up to the point, or do you guys have any conversations with him leading up to the point of when um, he decided to get out? Um, he had just, said he didn't know if he wanted to, to do more or not because he did six years yep and he said i don't know if i want to do anymore or not and he you know i said well it's up to you or where are you planning on living are you staying down here are you coming back home what do you want to do yeah and and i said you got to remember you go back home there's really not a whole lot around there yeah he lived in a rather rural area yeah and he decided to come home instead he said i think i've had enough Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the things that he'd said to me about getting out is if he stayed in, he was going to be up for some sort of a promotion. Yep, to be a squad leader, yeah. And he didn't know if he wanted to do that, I think. Yep. I, he, he wanted to, but he didn't want to have the responsibility of yep. that. Yeah, I remember and having I think, that conversation with him also. Yeah, I think that had a, you know, I don't know how much that had to do with it, but to me, the fact that he said that to me kind of made me feel that you know that that was one of the determining factors on whether he stayed in or not. Yeah, I I, I remember having that conversation with them because um, um, I was the junior team leader at that time, um, and so like he was supposed to, you know, he was going to take squad leader, and I would have moved up, you know, what I'm saying, um, in position yeah. and take his spot. Um, and I remember him saying that you know that he wasn't. I th- 
I think because of all the deployments he had done, I don't think he wanted that responsibility as far as, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Having a... You know, having four or five guys responsible, you know, that you're responsible for is one thing, but to have nine you know, guys, 11 guys, yeah, that's, that's a little more double that amount that, yeah, I think that was part of yeah. his determination on whether he stayed in or not. Yeah. Me and Aaron, uh, you know what I'm saying? So like I said, he was my alpha team leader and, and, um, um, you know, him and I were close and he taught me, you know, like I said, man, like I used to go to him for everything. I mean, cause he was, you know what I'm saying? He was the guy I was learning from. So like, he taught me everything like, you know, on on how to be a team leader, the right things to do, and to even prep me to become a squad leader. Because when he decided, you know, when he was deciding to get out, I knew, oh, right, well, I'm taking your position and then I'm gonna, you know, eventually become a squad leader. So, yeah. so he was starting to, you know, support me and everything that I was doing to get to that position to, you know what I'm saying, to, to, to like work up there. Um, and was making sure I was uh, a right fit for it. Um, but that was one of the conversations we had had. I remember him saying that, you know, he was just kind of done. He was just over it. He was just like, man, like, I've, you know, I've done my time. I'm kind of done. Um, I even at that, at, at then, um, so I ended up getting out short, just shortly after him, like that next appointment <laughs> I got out myself. As a matter of fact, um, I took his position and then uh, I ended up being a squad leader for that deployment. And then I, I was the same way. I was like, man, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm kind of like tapped out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and at the same time, I kind of just wanted to see what was going on in the, you know what I'm saying, out in the civilian world. <clears throat> but that's when I had met you, Ms. Irving, uh, when you came down. Um, Ed, were you there? Yeah. I don't think you were there. You didn't, Ed didn't come with you, No, right? I didn't get to make no. it down that time, no. Yeah. I went down right when he was getting out. He wanted me to come down, spend some time down there. Yeah. And meet everybody. Yeah. And I met everybody. <laughs> yeah, man. It was a wild couple of days yeah, that I was down there. <laughs> it was an insane, insane, <laughs> insane week. I, I, I remember that bit. I have the, all the pictures to, to prove it. Like, it was a good time. Um, um, I was, you know, I was a little selfish um, when he was uh, getting out because I didn't want him to get out. Like, I didn't want him to get out because I enjoyed working with him and I, you know, I enjoyed us being a team together. And I think ultimately, like, I was nervous also, like, man, like, now that you're leaving, and I really have to step up. Like, I really got to, like, start looking at that next position. And I think I was very selfish in that way because I was like, man, like, you know, I was so comfortable with him being there and, and, and you know what I'm saying, like, taking that lead. Um, that I didn't want him to get out and that I, I didn't really, and I don't think nobody back then can say that we were looking at anything in the mental health way or, or, or you know what I mean? Like looking at it that way, oh, like, yeah. like, is he struggling with it? Like nobody was looking at it, anything that way, no. but in all reality, all of us were struggling with it at some way, somehow, yeah. some form, you know what I mean? Like somehow, some yep. way. Um, and at that time, it, it's now becoming more of a conversation, but back then, you know, if anybody said, hey, I'm struggling, it would not have been good. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. That was a taboo thing back then. Oh, you're a puss. You yeah. Especially in Ranger Battalion, especially in Ranger Battalion. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's still like that today, but it was even a lot worse, uh, you know, back then at the height of the war when, yeah. you know, at Ranger Battalion, we're taught to be these aggressive, um, fierce fighters, these warriors that take the fight to the enemy and you know what I mean? And and we are who we are, we're rangers. That's what makes us the best of who we are because we are these, we get the job done. And you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And, 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 and we do we do it very well. 
But at the same time, I think they see that as a sign of weakness when you're like, hey, I can still do my job, but I'm struggling, you know what I mean? And I think that's what a lot of us feared and people still fear today is that if I come forward, I'm gonna lose my position. I'm not gonna get promoted. I'm not gonna yeah, get that. Oh, I'm you're not fit, so we're gonna pull yeah. you out of there. Exactly, man. Um, <laughs> Miss Irving, did you see anything at that time? Any kind of signs of, of all right, these past six years and, you know, at, pff, multiple deployments at, at, at that time? Because uh, I did a few with him. <laughs> so, and he, and he already knocked out a few before I got there. So, did you, did, did you see anything at that time that was alarming to you? Like, you know? Yeah, there was, there were times that he just didn't, you know, it was like, almost like he just, didn't care and you know he did but you know it was certain things he was just like oh you know and he just had a draggy speed and he wouldn't go do things that he should and right. get you know when after he'd come back home he got a job and he did okay at it but yet he didn't care he didn't really like the job yeah so he was trying to figure out what he wanted to do and i think it was more what it was and what? he just felt out of place is it he'd had all this structure yeah. for six years, told what to do and when to do it and how to do it. Yeah. And now they just said, go do it. Right. And he has no idea what he's supposed to do. Right. Because he's not really been taught. And, and, um, but obviously you didn't know what was going on. Um, and, and, but did you just take that as, okay, he just, he just misses it. He just misses the army he dismisses ranger battalion yeah. is, is, is that kind of where you were where you were kind of taking it as i mean at that, that, yeah, at that I time i just figured it was you know just the adjustments of trying yeah. to start back into civilian life again what were you seeing at that time um ed like you know uh yeah similar stuff because him he worked with me and our buddy and we all worked together building grain bins for the silos i'm gonna say yeah like two years i think it was <laughs> i remember but, that yeah and you know, none of us really liked the job, but yeah. but Aaron, he like Mom said, he just kind of yeah. Well, I'm here. I'll do what I'm supposed to do, but I don't really give a shit. And right. the the thing everybody looked forward to was getting off work and starting drinking. That right, was, right. Every night yeah. we were ham. We were pounding every night, like right. five days a week, and then the weekends were even worse because that's when football was going on and whatever you know. And then <clears throat> wrestling season started up, and that was you know we drink until it was time to go to a wrestling match and then that was you know that seemed to be when that took most of the time more than anything I think was the partying and the drinking and at first you know it was like yeah we gotta make up for lost time you know you've been gone a while you missed out on some parties stuff like that and then after a while it it just kind of that's how it, the normal was you know we were always getting wasted and yeah yeah even uh, our buddy and stuff like that you know we we were always getting wasted and then when Aaron got his apartment together with two or three of his other buddies then it was then that's when things really got crazy right <laughs> but yeah it seemed more like the adjustment and finding a job and stuff like that was a struggle but then it's the only thing that really kept everything going was getting together and partying and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, to keep his mind going, to keep his mind off of uh, everything else that was going yeah, on. Yeah, because if you're having fun, you know, you're not. You're not thinking, thinking. About the the crap that's bothering you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember, I actually remember um, him talking to me about that job, uh, Bill and Salo's, um, when he had gotten out. Um, like, was he starting to become, you know, not the same Aaron, not the bubbly Aaron anymore? Was things, were, were things becoming more, a, a little more dark, a little more closed off? Yeah, uh, yeah his... I mean, he's always had that little bit of a dark sense of humor. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. But then it that's, was, that's it for seemed sure. to be. <laughs> I mean, he's always been that way, but it seemed a lot more like some of it didn't seem quite as much of a joke as he was serious about some of the things that he would say, you know? Like, yeah. Oh, I'll pull that guy's fucking arms off and beat him to death with him type of thing. And like, I don't know if he was joking about that, you know? Like, <laughs> that's, that is just. Look, man, for everybody that's listening, I'm going to just, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just say something. <laughs> that is just the way we joke and laugh. And that is one of the things I was talking to my wife about saying shit like that. Like, it, people don't <laughs> people don't see. Like, if I heard another Ranger saying that, I'd be like, I wouldn't even think nothing of it. I'd probably be like, oh, man, yeah, that'd be you know pretty funny or pretty cool or whatever. You know what I mean? I wouldn't even well, think that, nothing that of it. That was the one thing that I do give it is he did learn a lot a lot cooler ones, you know, things like that to say. That <laughs> yeah. Because some of the stuff we'd say before, but he'd come back with some really good ones. I'm like, man, I got to remember that one. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, man. So, like, so he was becoming a little more closed off, a little more, um, you know, le- leading up to the incident in February um, of 17, it, like, what was, you know, I, I mean, <sighs> So I'm going to start off by saying this, like for me, like I talked to Aaron probably almost like two weeks or so ish, uh, you know, before. And I, I, I try to think about that conversation and, and I, I, you know, I try to like rethink of everything and kind of like, was I missing something? Was I um, not hearing him clearly enough? You know what I mean? Like, was there something that that in the conversation that we had that I maybe missed that I could have done something? And, and I only say that because um, in my dark times, I have had you know, right before I was getting ready to, um, you know, act on something or, you know, my thoughts were taking me in that direction. I made a couple phone calls to friends and I don't think I, it was very cryptic and, you know, I, I, I never did anything. Um, but I look back and I always think like, did they hear something in my cry? Like, you know what I'm saying? Were they hearing my cry? Were they hearing something in the conversation? Um, so leading up to that, you know, obviously looking back now, but what, was there anything that you guys were like, man, like it, it was right there, like, you know what I mean? Maybe for somebody else that's um, listening right now. The only thing that stuck out to me is after, you know, after everything had happened, right. I was kind of doing a little research into, you know, like signs that kind of led up to right. things like that. And one of the things that I read was uh, getting rid of prized possessions. Yeah. And the night before that it happened, I was at work and he had called me and said, Hey, man, do you want to buy my wrestling tickets? Well, he had season Hawkeye wrestling tickets. Right. And if he wasn't able to make it to a match, you know, he'd call me up and say, Hey, you want my tickets tonight? And I said, Well, I, I'm working tonight. I can't go. And he goes, No, I mean, do you want them all? Right. And it didn't even dawn on me at the time, you know, that I'm, well, yeah, maybe he's something's going on or right, whatever right. but yeah I didn't even didn't think twice about it until six months later when I had read something about you know getting rid of prized possessions because that's like one of his 
other than his kids and a few of his guns. Yeah. You know, that's like the things he cared about the most was the Hawkeye wrestling tickets that he had because he'd had them for 12 years, you know? Like, right. And I, I think back about that, and that was the night before it happened. And, you know, it, it, it kind of bugs me a little bit because I wish I would have caught something, that, you know? Like, why the hell would you be doing that, man? What, right. What's up with that? Right. Because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't hurting for money. It's not like he needed, you know, an extra hundred bucks or something. Right. He, he had a pretty good job and everything, but that was at the time when all of his, when he got in that accident and uh, I, f- he was I totally forgot about that. Charged, yeah. He was going to be getting charged with the second OWI. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Actually, everything kind of piled up on top of it because I kind of talked to him about that a little bit because I. I'd had one OWI myself. So right. I've had one too. Been through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I've been through that. Yep. But yeah, that, that, the wrestling tickets thing was the thing that sticks with me. Even to this day, it's still, it's like, man, I wish I would have, you know, asked about that. At right. Least, you know? Um, Miss Irving, like, was there, you know, like anything for you? Like, as for, because, you know, obviously as a mother, he's going to keep you more closed off, probably more, you know what I'm saying? Especially because you're going to definitely yeah. realize something's not right. Um, yeah. You know, was there anything maybe like kind of, you know, for you looking back um, that you're kind of like, were, man. There were several things that had gone on um, at um, Halloween time. Aaron's wife's brother committed suicide. Okay. And he had become fairly good friends with him, but yet, you know, it's his wife's brother. And now she's distraught. Right. And he's upset because now his friend's gone. How does he cope with this? Right. He's not there for her. Right. He's not there for him. Right. And things just kind of fell apart for him. Right. And that was when the beginning of the end basically right and uh, right after that happened um they'd gotten an argument she called me and asked me to come down and take him home with me Cause, cause because it was, it was it was getting to the point where he wasn't physical with her but yet he was pushing the fact right to where you know it was like what's going on why are you doing this way and, and he just kept and he wouldn't stop right 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 and, I'm like, come on, come over here with me. He walked me to my car and almost pushed me in my car. Really? Make me go home. And I was worried then. I knew I shouldn't leave. But yet he told me to. And I didn't want him to get mad and yell at me and say, get the hell out of here. Right. Because, I, you know, that would have been a lot worse for me. Exactly. <clears throat> then like that, then I went home. And uh, I hadn't been home very long. And about a half an hour later, his wife called me and said he'd wrecked his truck. Oh, wow. And he went out and he went on the same road he drives every single day. Right. And he got into the one spot where it's kind of a little dip in the road. Yep. And he apparently jerked the wheel. He was trying to wreck it. He, oh, so, he was trying to. He was trying to wreck right. it. Right. And he broke his upper arm. How do you break your arm up here? His window was down and he rolled on that arm. And broke it. And broke his arm. So I show up at the hospital and I said, somebody told me they were staying home. And he looked at me because I know. Wow. And that's all he'd say. He wouldn't say anything else. Right, right. 
And we talked to the doctors and they said, is there anything going on? I said, yes, he's very depressed. He's got PTSD. He's just come home from the military. Yeah. You know, and kind of explained to him what was going on. Yeah. But this was at, you know, regular hospital. Right, right, they, right. They just kind of go, well, and then they send him home. You know, it's like, <laughs> so. So you like, already knew. Uh, so you already knew yeah. something was going on. So you already saw the depression and, and, yeah. and, and, and you yeah. guys were seeing that clearly of, of everything that was happening. Yeah. And I did know that he had gone and talked to um, a counselor at the VA and um, they give him a three month supply of medication. Yep. Well, <laughs> he had it all gone in less than a month. Really? And that was three months worth. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't know what happened with him, but why is he doing that? You know? And so, yeah, it was kind of, kind of scary there because I knew something was wrong and I tried talking with him and, you know, telling him, well, try this with your wife. Maybe this will make things a little bit better for you guys. Maybe things will be a little calmer. Right. And then, then it was like right after that was, you know, by then it's now, you know, the end of January. So. So, he, so they were pretty life. much just handing him all these pills and all that. Like, do you, do you, yeah. th do you think the pills? So I'm going to ask you a couple of things, you know, um, we lost Ed, but I'm pretty sure he'll, 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 uh, yeah, I, hop back I on. He jumped up there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he'll hop back on and I'll let him back in. Um, so do, do you think the pills were changing him even more than what he already was and making him a lot more depressed than what he already was going through? The, well, I think he didn't see enough of a difference and it made him, you know, it bothered him because it wasn't working as he thought yeah. it should. And, you know, like that, he didn't understand enough of it either. Right. So, my battery went down and it kicked me out. <laughs> yeah, no, you're all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it was you know, just all the stuff. He, it wasn't working well enough right. from what he thought it should have. So, I was on like eight, nine different pills um, for for like the longest time. And I, oh, wow. yeah, it was bad. Like, my, because, you know, with medication, they it, really what it is is trial and error, right? I mean, that's, that's, right. that's really what it is. So like, um, with my depression, they were handing me all these pills and, you know, like I was maxing out on all these different pills and, and I was seeing, the, like, I was like, yo, like I'm not myself anymore. Where even after I had quit drinking, I was still sitting in the house with the shades closed all weekend, not seeing, I didn't want to see anybody, didn't want to talk to anybody, just wanted to be by myself, locked in in a dark room by myself, doing absolutely nothing. This was, this yeah. was even after I quit drinking. Um, but it was at a point where I was just like, hey, y'all need to do something, and, and they prescribed me um, THC. This was in the army, this was just over a year and some change ago. And the THC changed my life. Like it gave me a little more, you know, um, you know, I hate saying hope, but it, it did. It kind of brightened up my day a little bit more, you know what I mean? And, and, and kind of helped me out with my depression yeah. and my mood and all that stuff. Um, was was Aaron using any, like, like was that helping or was it just so much going on at once he wasn't getting the proper help? Like, you know what I mean? Was it? I think he wasn't getting the proper help. Yeah. Um, he. I had gone back later and talked to the counselor who actually saw him. Um, I went over to their office and was talking to the person at the desk, and he said, well, the counselor's here if you'd like to talk to him. Right. And uh, he, 
I don't know whose phone. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's not mine. Is your phone doing something weird, Ed? I don't know. I can hear it all weird. I don't. Know. It's better now. See if I can. You moved your phone. It might be yours. I'm not sure, but anyway, um, the counselor told me that he almost had to beat it out of him to get him to say anything was wrong. Yeah. It was. Oh, I'm all right. Everything's good. There's no problems, and there was a lot of problems. Really. Hold on a second. Can we try to fix that yeah. noise real quick? Yeah. All right. Sorry about that, everybody. We had a little uh, technical difficulties. Um, that was a little bit on my end. Um, actually, a lot of it on my end, and I apologize for that. Hopefully, it doesn't come back any stronger than what it is. Um, but so before we uh, uh, got got kicked out, uh, we were talking about uh, you know, right towards the end right there and like the changes that were happening, right? Um, he was becoming more, uh, and was becoming a little more reserved, a lot more reserved, right? A lot more than what he had ever been before. Um, and we, and we kind of, we kind of touched on a little bit of what, like, um, you know, like kind of looking back now and like seeing, seeing those signs, right. Just so that everybody else who's listening, um, you know, if they have a loved one who's going through any of these things that they are aware of some of these signs, right. And, and, and they can, you know what I'm saying? See because again, we go back to the same thing, how, you know, I like to just kind of give the same thing because to give that perspective of where you guys see it as a family members, right. Um, and how you guys saw everything from the outside in, um, you know, I was at that same place also where I would, you know, drink myself stupid, right? Like drink myself stupid and, and I'm saying like, I had a gun to myself, but the next morning I'd wake up and go and nobody would know that anything was going on. Like I'm saying nothing at all was going on at all. Like I'd go back, I'm, I'm still laughing, I'm still joking and all that, right? But regardless of how I perceived things to be to everybody, the signs were still there all you know what I'm saying? Um, um, from the get, right? The signs are always there. They're just very hard to pick up. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting to say, uh, to hear you guys say some of the things because those are some of the things that we all even overlook just, just every day when it comes to somebody that, that we love, right? Because you don't think nothing of it or somebody's just giving you, I'm saying, giving you away tickets or, um, you know, there can be, they're becoming a little closed off. We just chalk it up to, hey, um, you know, he just got out the army and that's why he's, you know what I'm saying, he's kind of struggling. He'll get over it in a little bit or he'll get past this, you know what I'm saying? That's a small, yeah. it's just, it's just, it's just a little, it's just a little bump in the road. Um, that, if you guys don't mind, you know, let's, let's kind of walk to even, you know, a few days before to, you know, like how you were talking to Ed the day before, I'm saying the night prior was when he gave you that, the, the uh, tickets, right? Um, but, to those days prior, um, what were you guys seeing? Not what you guys looking back now, but like what was, you know what I'm saying? Was it just normal, normal, normal Aaron, normal stuff going on at that time that you guys saw? Like, you know, not looking, not, not, not necessarily looking back now and going, oh, well, you know, this is what I saw. But like at that time, was it just everything normal? No, because him and his wife were having like mom was saying, there was some stuff going on yep. between them and tensions. And I remember I that a lot of it was contributed to drinking and there was a few other things thrown in there, but he was in the, after his accident, he was going to lose his license. So he was actually staying at my grandmother's house right. when it happened. And that, you know, stressed the hell out of somebody having to 
grown man having to stay at grandma's house. Yeah, yeah, of course. He, he didn't say that one of the times that I had talked to him, but yeah, he was like, yeah, I'm staying over at grandma's now because I can't drive. And yeah. He was, I think somebody that lived close by was picking him up at my grandma's or something and giving him a ride to work because he worked just up the road from grandma's house. So right. that was the more logical thing to do, I think. But that was bothering him a lot right there, you know, the fact that he was losing his license and he wasn't yeah. going to be able to be at home. And I think that had a lot of, there was a lot of contributing factors into it, obviously. But I think right, that right. was the majority of it there was, you know, I, I don't know if he realized he'd screwed up some things and that was getting to him. But yeah, he was definitely different. And that was just, I had only talked to him maybe once or twice during that week, you know, shoot a text back and forth or some crazy joke or something like that. But right. he actually called me one day and I talked to him for a little bit, but you could tell there was something different just in his voice and stuff like that. The way he, when you, you know, the stuff, it, and I never expected, you know, that to be what was different about everything, but right. just always having a shitty time because he's lost his license and he's, not staying at home with his wife and kids and that's a lot of weight um yeah um ed do you mind do you mind fixing that plug for me yeah does that do anything a lot better or for a second okay. it did <laughs> that's a lot better headset back in is that better a lot better Okay, I should have enough battery to go for a little while. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, um, so, um, okay, so, yeah, so just to go back, sorry, that just kind of threw me off. Um, but, yeah, so those changes you were seeing, right, um, right towards the end, um, is that how you were kind of seeing it too, Miss Irving, or was it, or, or? Yeah, it was quite a bit like that, and, you know, it's like you just knew things weren't going good for him. Yeah. He was getting really depressed about it. And like that, he wanted to be home with the kids. The kids wanted, you know, every night, I want daddy. So, yeah, not there. So they don't understand. They're pretty young. Right, and, right. And then, like that, then there he is. He doesn't know what to do now. Yeah. So he was really having issues with that. I mean, that's not. Yeah, that's what. I, so, like, that's what I'm hearing is that it, it it was all just coming on, just like one thing after the other, and like the storm probably just didn't seem like it was like it was ever going to end. Um, and you know, I hear that, and 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 what what I always and you know a lot of what I'm trying to do is is to open everybody's eyes, right? Because let's just be honest, man. Aaron was not equipped to get out the way he did. You know what I mean? And and yeah. so are so many other thousands and hundreds and thousands of you know what I'm saying soldiers that have gotten out. No, the army doesn't equip you to get out. You know what I mean? They say it does. It gives you all these classes and you know yeah. what I mean all these all all this other bullshit. But in all reality, they don't equip you properly to really take on everything that's that's about to come your way afterwards. And especially at the time that Aaron was getting out, um, you know, we're in a whole different era now as far as mental health in the military and, you know, the, the way they, they treat it and the way that they see it. It's it's different yeah. now. But that's now that the war is over, right? Right. Back then in 2006, that was unheard of. Like, it, like any of this is unheard of, you know what I mean? To sit here and talk about it and... Um, yeah. 
Um, you know, and, and if I remember correctly, you know, the way I got out now, and I'm looking back now at, at when Aaron's times, you know, when he got out, there wasn't too much sitting down and talking and, hey, these are what you need to do. This is what you need to go talk to. You know, they say those signs were there. They say, you know, like they, those classes are there in the way that they help you. But in all reality, Aaron was not equipped to 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 get out yeah. and deal with everything that he had done. You know what I mean? Yeah. He basically needed classes to teach him how to become a civilian again. 110%. And, and, you know, um, um, you know, the one thing is, is, is you've been a soldier for so long, you've been this trained, you know, um, you know, elite combat, you know, soldier who all you did was just deploy constantly every six months and you saw combat and, you know, you saw your boys, you know, pass away and all this, all these things compounded. Right, but all along you were told to bottle it up, bottle it up, bottle it up, suck yeah. it up, bottle it up, and just deal with it later on. And then when you get out, you're not, you know, like the one thing, the one thing that I um, realize is if I don't keep myself busy now, right, it gives me a lot of time to think. And I'm not around like-minded people anymore, like now that I'm in Minnesota. I'm not around the same type of people that I used to be around. I don't have my brothers to lean on. I don't have my brothers to, to yeah. um, you know, to cry, you know what I'm saying, for me to let the emotions out because you can let the emotions out around your family and all that, but it's not the same way as letting your emotions out in front of your boys, you know what I mean? I can cry in front of my, yeah. my brothers and that's okay, that's all right. Like. Nobody's gonna judge you, but it's weird because if you show your emotions outside, you're not seen as a type, the same type of man as you were. You know what I mean? Or, or that same yeah. that ranger who, or, or you know, what I'm saying that that you know, I put it like that. But of course, because that's what they expect us to be is we don't have emotions. We're just here just to go deploy and kill the enemy and fight the enemy and then come back home and be this normal human being. But it's far from the truth, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um and. I see, and I can only imagine at that time, uh, moving back to Iowa, not being around the same people anymore, not being around like-minded human beings where you can tell the same jokes, talk the same way, uh, joke mm -hmm. the same way, um, and not even that, but I'ma just keep it real. Like, you know, when I talk to my wife, it's really for her just to to be an ear. But in all reality, when I talk to my brothers, it's completely different because they walked my shoes and they're able to like, you know, relate to me and talk to me in a whole different manner than my wife who can just sit there and say, I understand what you're going through. But in all reality, you know, it, it's hard for one of us to sit down and talk like that um, and actually let those emotions out, which I can only imagine um, how Aaron was feeling at that time. You know what I mean? Not having, you know, uh, you know, uh, his brother's there with him at that time to like, kind of like really, really vent out. Yeah. Um, but it, it, and you know, looking back, so like you were saying some of the signs that you missed as far as, you know, like him giving away possessions and the way he was more acting. Um, Miss Irving, like, is there anything maybe you can, you know, if, if there's a mother out there that's that's listening right now and has a son who is in the military, doesn't matter what branch, doesn't matter what they're doing exactly, because I think it's it's, it's all the same. The mental health is still, is still all the same, right? Yeah. Um, what would you say to a mother who's, you know, kind of hearing your story right now and hearing Aaron's story um, and is maybe worried or see some of these signs, you know, like what would you say to a mother right now that's out there and listening to this? 
I think I'd tell her, you have to talk to him. If he won't talk to you, tell him he needs to talk to someone. And you can tell him it doesn't matter who he talks to, but he needs to talk to someone. Because you can, as I, and I know a lot of people word it this way, but you can see the spiral happening. Yeah. You can't stop it. Yeah. No matter what you do, it's not stopping. Right. That's where he was at. Right. Everything just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And he just couldn't deal with it anymore. Right. That's one of the hardest things when you can't help your child, right. even though they're an adult now, you still want to help them, but what can you do? Try right. talking, that's the only thing that he was like that. We can't say, you need to go to the VA and get put in uh, right. for a while. Even though that's what we want, you know he's not gonna do that. Yeah, Most, most won't do it. Right. And no, no, saying, no, you're not. Well, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's what it, that's what it really is. I mean, you know, I'm hearing you say that, and and, and and at the same time, I'm I'm thinking, okay, well, I wouldn't go. Like, I'd I'd be like, you're not gonna tell me what to do. You know what I mean? Especially if I'm yeah, at that exactly. at that place. So, um, so really. I mean, really what you're saying is, hey, do, I mean, try to take that extra step. And I mean, I mean, really what it, you can't, again, it's like, what can you do? Because I was in the same spot where my sister was like, you need to get help. And I'm like, well, you know, you, you can't tell me what to do. I'm not drinking a lot. I'm not, it's you, it's not me. It's, you know what I mean? And, you know, and it's hard when you're in that dark spot because I mean, I'm pretty sure he, regardless, he probably really didn't know the weight, even though it was the amount really, you know what I mean? Yes, everything was coming down, but to really fathom yeah. like, oh man, like this is a little way too much because we all think that we can still carry it. And I'm, you know, knowing Aaron, Aaron was always a very quiet person, but he was very bubbly. Like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't one to always talk about his feelings unless you 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 brought it up or you talked with him or you're, you know, you're already sharing something. That's one thing I knew about Aaron, like on deployments, he was always quiet. Um, but it was funny, like it's hard to explain that. Like what I, what I mean is, you know, I remember, you know, before missions, he would always just sit there quietly and, and kind of just, I, I think what he was doing was just taking things in and kind of, you know what I mean? Like the rest of us would do prior to going on missions is just really sit there. But even when we come back, it was like, you know, he was a little more, he was always chill. He was always chill. He didn't really like show his emotions like that. So it's, 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 it's crazy. and. You know, hearing you say that, like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself right now, and now I think that's what I'm doing. I'm just thinking out loud, like, what do you do? Like, how, there's not really much you could do because, you, like you said, you're not going to, unless you put him in handcuffs and take him somewhere, like, it's the only way. Yeah. So it's it's the only way. Um, Ed, like, from the brother, a sibling, you know, um, what... What, what message would you give to somebody out there that's listening right now and that's maybe has a brother, sister, cousin, whatever, you know, or, uh, or a friend, really? Pretty much just listen, you know, do what you can, listening-wise, and then, you know, you don't, like, you don't want to push them too hard to go, you know, every time you talk to them, don't, you need to go see somebody, but, you know, casually mention it, you know, maybe yeah. just talk to the doctor or something like that, you know, or yeah. is there somebody else, you know, some somebody at the VA you can give a call to or 
find out about getting an appointment or something, you know, because, and he'd mentioned a few times, Aaron did, about, you know, oh, yeah, I got an appointment at the VA, and, you know, and it's one of them crazy psych appointments type thing. You yep. kind of joke about it, but I was like, well, I said, you better go before you go crazy and kill everybody, you know, and yeah. kind of try to make light of it, but at the same time, you know, well, make sure you get up there and get to your appointment, you know, at the same time, you that's one of those things you him and I would joke about, you know, you, you have that same similar sense of humor, you know, joke about shit, but you're serious about it at the same time. Right. Was it, um, yeah, just, no, 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 I cut you off. Uh, I was just going to say, just basically just kind of listen and, you know, stealthily poke them and prod them a little bit to, you know, talk to a professional at least. Right. So they can give them some sort of help rather than just, you know, listening and not being able to do much. Right. Is, um, if I remember correctly, the VA is not, is not really that close by, is it? Uh, Actually, it is. It's, um, it was about he was living half an hour away. Yeah. Half an hour from his house. But it so was it one was of close. those, it was the VA that, it was the closest one in like a state and a half. Right. So there were people from Illinois coming in, and it was hard to get appointments in there, I think. Right. was a lot of that, which I've heard is a problem with a lot of VAs. And, the, well, so the reason I'm asking this, because I, I remember when he first got out, you know, uh, you know, we kept in touch. Um, but I remember some of the conversations we did have was because it, he did mention to me, like, how the VA was not that, you know, it, like, was not as convenient. Um Right. Yeah, I think just trying to get in was more the problem. To getting in was the issue. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, and 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 I hear so many of those stories like that. Like so many like guys that say, "Man, it's it's, it's taking from uh, forever for me to be seen. It's you know, it's taking forever for me to get in." And I wonder if now, you know, at, at the point we're at today especially with the war ending, if that has all been kind of, you know, fixed and rectified by now, because, you know, nobody foresaw all this was going to happen, how long we were going to be over there, I don't think, you know what I mean? So I wonder if things have changed dramatically now as far as that, as far as, you know, getting veterans in um, in a timely manner. Um, and just thinking that, you know, again, that goes back to the whole having resources, right? Having those right resources, you know, readily available for him. Um, or, you know what I'm saying, for all veterans. Um, it's 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 like one of the things right there, man. Um, do you guys have anything to kind of like, just, you know, last anything to say to anybody out there? Any message you would like to give to anybody struggling maybe with, uh, you know, depression or PTSD, anxiety, um, anything like that, or any kind of family member, any, any kind of message you just- got? The only thing I could say about it is just try to see someone get any kind of help because it took me a long time. I've actually been diagnosed with depression myself, so right. and it took me 32 years before I actually went and saw a doctor yeah. about it. So, so I was—I think I was 32 when I saw the first doctor about it. So, but it's helped a lot. Yeah, and, you know, after they got the medication figured out, that's made a huge difference. So. It's not always about the medication, but sometimes you just need to get somebody to talk to. And I agree. Uh, that's my biggest thing is just try, don't give up because that's when bad stuff happens. You know, just keep 
plugging away and there's always somebody out there that can help you right agreed um the one thing that i had told to me um there was a uh a vet around our area here that um he has a place built out in the country for vets to come and go out they can fish on the ponds yeah they can come out there go camping he has a little um, meetings and seminars and stuff different people coming in and talking so the vets can come out and take care of you know come in and try to do something right and um unfortunately this man was killed last year or the year before i don't remember it was two years ago i'm um, in a on a motorcycle right. accident and it was really sad but they've actually kept his uh legacy alive there and awesome. keeping it going well but he had told me to think of it in the, the ways of a person who's got depression and you can see things are going bad and things are going bad but maybe they're not really seeing it that bad yeah and he said okay just for instance you get up you go to work you get in your car, you go to work, you go to work and then they tell you, oh, you're fired. You don't right. have a job. Now you go home, you come home. Just for instance, not everyone. Right. You come home and you catch your wife in bed with another man. And now you're gonna leave, you get in your car. Now your car won't start. Yeah. How many things are gonna happen before you, before you can say, I can't do it anymore. 110%. And I told that guy, I said, I've told more people that. Yeah. That if you think of it in that type of a mindset, it does help a little bit to get into someone else's head to help hopefully see what can I do to help them now. Yeah. That is that is perfectly said. Um, and, and this is why, you know what I'm saying, again, um, I want to say thank you both very, very much for for coming on and, and, and sharing this. Um, because I know for sure this is going to help somebody out there. And, and you know, and, and I'm pretty sure you guys are the same way like me is if I can help just one person, uh, you know what I'm saying? That's 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 success, right? Um, that's if, what I always say. If I can help one person, yep. if, I, and, I made my day. Exactly, 100%. And, and you know, and, and telling Aaron's story, um, you know, is very special to me, um, because I knew Aaron on, you know what I'm saying, on, on, on a friendship level. And I knew him, um, as my brother, um, who I, I put my life in his hands, literally, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know how yeah. many, t I don't know how many times, um, I'm kind of, kind of, kind of choking up thinking about it right now, but, um, um, you know, I'm hoping that his story, um, reaches somebody because, I remember my darkest days, and when you're in your darkest days, and like you said, so many things go on. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard to see the brighter side of things, yeah. um, and you know, it's hard to also see all the people that truly care about you um, when you're in your darkest days. Um, it, it, it's it's hard to visualize yeah. that. It's hard to see because you're so, everything is so dark and like you said, so many things are going on. So much weight is put on you that it really is at that point. And it, it, you know, you do ask, you, you do gotta ask yourself that. How much more can somebody take before they just cannot take anymore? You know what I mean? How many yeah. more things need to go on before that? But 
so many things have been said during this episode that I just want to bring to light is that, you know, if you are somebody who is like Aaron and myself, who, you know, has suffered from depression is suffering from depression, um, you know, know that people are out there that love you, but not everybody can read your mind, regardless of what we think, you know what I mean? And how good you may know somebody, you can only see the signs so many times, right? Before, um, you know, it's like, well, I didn't, you know, how, how did I know something was going on? Like, you know what I mean? It was, that person was completely normal. But, you know, for everybody out there that's suffering from it, you know, I know somebody out there has listened to this and, and you know, and, and whatever form of depression, however far in your depression you are, just know that you are loved and that there is a brighter side to it and that there's people out there that love you, that care for you, that just don't know what's going on with you. And nobody can help you if you don't open your mouth, if you don't say something and it's really hard. And I'm not saying go to your mom. I'm not saying go to your brother, but go to somebody, whoever you need to go to, um, go to somebody and speak to somebody and let them know how you're feeling. Let them know what's going on in your mind. Let them know, um, how bad you're hurting, you know what I mean? And the weight that you're carrying and have somebody help you because we can, we, you know, as, as, as badass as we all want to think that we are, um, you know, and this is going on to my Ranger brothers, especially, and you know, all my soft brothers, no matter how tough and badass we think we are, we still need people around us that are going to help uplift us and, and, you know, love us and care, care for us and show us that, you know, things will be good. Things will be better. Um, but you have to be open to that. You have to be open to seeing that and, 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 and making sure that you are, um, you know, thinking about your family also. But again, that goes, and, and the reason I say this is because I wanted to give both perspectives on this, on the family and, and you know, from, uh, from our side, the veteran side and what's going on from our side and, you know, what we're seeing. And that's why it was very intriguing to talk to you guys and to see what you guys were seeing from the outside um, because I've been, you know, in that same place where Aaron, you know what I mean? Or, so yeah. I know so I know what that was, but I didn't see, you know, even though I know my sister loves me and my dad loves me and my brother loves me, my wife loves me, I never really got to, you know what I'm saying? You don't get to see it from your point of view and hear it from your point of right. view and like what was going on at those times. Um, so I just wanna say thank you guys so much, man. And if you are suffering from depression, man, call somebody, call, reach out to somebody. Um, you know, and, and, and if you can't find somebody in your life to talk to, find me on Instagram, scrolling through life, you know, find me, you know, Tom Berhani, find me on anywhere you need to. Um, my emails are, are on my social media. Find me on social media, DM me. I will fucking talk to you. I will take the time and listen to you. I will be there, man, if nobody else will. Um, and we'll find you the right help that you need to. Um, so I just want to thank you guys. Uh, again, very much. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing Aaron's story. Um, you know, like I said, Aaron held a very, very, and held, holds a very uh, special spot in many of our lives and many of our hearts today. And I'll tell you this right now, Aaron has never forgotten um, and he'll never be forgotten in my heart forever. Um, so I want to thank you guys again, man. Um, yeah, I love you guys. Thank you too for doing yes. this. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I appreciate you asking us too. Yeah, thank yeah. you guys for your time. Really appreciate it. Yep, no problems. For sure. Um, thank you guys again. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, and uh, see you guys next time. <laughs>